in chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with them a thousand years. Revelation is a book where the Lord shows the final victory. What he's pronounced long ago, God shows that the victory is ours. The victory is at hand. Hallelujah. It was at a time when there was intense persecution of the believers. Satan was furious, going around trying to destroy the lives of the followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit recorded the book of Revelation given to the Apostle John, the revelation of Jesus Christ to the seven churches, typifying the entire church age. And he showed with intense conflict against the souls of his children. God comes through gloriously, brings us out, makes us to reign with him. He catches that old serpent, the devil, and he eventually throws him into the lake of fire. Verse 7, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. This is the last work of the devil. Verse 8, Revelation 20, verse 8, And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. That's how swift and decisive the final blow is to the devil from the Lord. They made a big march Satan and all the hosts. they compassed the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Hallelujah. And the devil that deceived them, this is the old serpent 
the dragon, which is the devil, and Satan. All four descriptions are there. The one in the garden that caused so much havoc for the human race. The one that sought to devour the living Christ when he was born on the earth. And runs after with a great anger and flood to destroy the people of God. An angel was sent at a certain point to grab a hold of the dragon. And as I read this recently, I thought the description here is not even a description of an archangel or some unique angel. It says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven. Surely it must have been a mighty angel. But it says an angel. Having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He's coming down. He has a great chain in, in his hand and the key to the bottomless pit. And he goes directly and lays hold. He grabs Satan, the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. He just grabs him. There's no struggle at all mentioned here. The grip of that angel and their fierceness is like an eagle coming down way above the skies, diving with lightning speed to catch his prey. There's no escape. Pinpoint accuracy and fierceness. God said to the angel, go get him. The angel came down. He grabbed Satan. Satan cannot do anything. Now how powerful is the most powerful angel? It's not written here that this was the most powerful angel. How powerful is God Almighty? There's absolutely no comparison to our Father's power in relation to the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. Cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. God is in full control. Hallelujah. The devil's drama is coming to a close. He's been locked up for a thousand years, imprisoned. Can't do a thing about it. In the meantime, God's program continues. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. What a glorious sight. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death. What is the second death? It is being thrown into the lake of fire. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with them a thousand years. Several times in our morning calls, we've emphasized that believers are sanctified ones and also that every believer 
regardless of male or female, are part of the priesthood of God. Part of the kingdom of priests unto who? Our God. They shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to battle, the number of whom is as the sand is as the sand of the sea. Typifying the unregenerate enemies of God, the, the devil, the enemy of our souls, incites them, as he does today, with every rebel on the face of the earth, whether it's a nation, a community, a family, or an individual. Those who are the children of disobedience they're incited by the spirit of the prince of the power of the air who incites that disobedience. And when they think they're in control, they're doing what they'd like. They can jump in a car, go anywhere, do this or that. Rebelling, seeking sin. They think they're in control. They're making the decisions, but actually they're puppets. They've given themselves over as slaves to the devil. And God has shown us the grand picture, the big picture the grand design, and that is that God is in full control. Those who submit themselves to the Lord God will be free from the enemy. Notice the saints, even though they suffered, these coming through the tribulation were beheaded. For who? For the witness of Jesus. For the witness of Jesus and for the word of God in which kept themselves from worshipping the beast when the whole world was worshipping the beast. It took courage. It took martyrdom that I will not bow down to Satan, his image. They refused to receive the mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Before they lived and reigned, they were killed. Hallelujah. Our faith is in an eternal God. At one point, it's written in Revelation, time was no more. It was over. The heaven and the earth, they fled from the face of him who sat on the throne. The sky was rolled up like a scroll. Everything disappeared. And a new heaven and a new earth was formed. Then the new Jerusalem out of heaven coming down. God says, this is where I will come down and dwell with my people forever. The Lord said, I go to prepare a place for you. If I'm going and doing that, I'll come back and take you to be with me where I am. You'll be also. The pain of the affliction of the believers persecuted by different Roman emperors incited by the dragon, the devil, and their own fellow Jews, many of the early Jewish Christians. The leadership of the temple, many of them persecuted the way, as Paul was one of those who persecuted before he got saved. It was the devil agitated against Jesus Christ and anyone who has his mark when we're standing for the Lord we will get attacked we will get persecuted we will get hunted down we'll be the prime target for hell 
the Lord says, this one that's caused so much havoc, I'm going to send an angel one day. He's going to grab him, throw him into the bottomless pit, lock him up for a thousand years. In my program, after a thousand years, for a little while he'll be let out, and then it's over for the devil. There'll be no rebellion left. God will shut down rebellion. And any human being that tries to continue rebellion, they'll all end up in the same place where the Antichrist or the beast will be thrown into, the false prophet will be there, and the devil will be thrown there too. For the believer, we're in a celestial setting, a heavenly setting far above that place of destruction. We'll be reigning in glory. That's the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Everything we go through as believers is working for us a far more glorious reward and inheritance. Once the Lord sets us up to reign with him, gives us the crowns, that's forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not for a thousand years only, or ten thousand years. The kingdom of priests, go beyond the thousand years here. It goes forever. We read the book of Peter recently, speaking about the elements being dissolved. What manner of men or people ought you to be? Seeing that the entire universe is going to be burnt up, and brand new heavens and earth will be formed. And those who belong to the Lord will reign there. Seeing that this is what's going to happen, the future is clearly laid out. God says the things that are unshakable will remain. Those who are faithful to me, they remain with me. They cannot be shaken. But everything else, everyone else, they'll be dismantled, destroyed. Seeing this kind of future, Peter says by the Holy Spirit, what kind of life should you be leading? It should be a holy life. A life full of faith. I'm going to go be with my Lord one day. To rule and reign with Him. Hallelujah. And Paul was able to say to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. I have fought the good fight. I know pretty soon I'm going to depart. Peter said the same thing. But they had no fear. Because they knew the next moment all that the living Christ promised they're going to be in the mansion with him. Reigning forever and ever. The brand new body. Everything will be glory. Believing the word of Christ when he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. You will rule and reign with me. If I go away to prepare a place, you know I'm coming back. For you. To take you that you may be where I am. I want to be with you. The Lord said that in the Gospel of John in Revelation. The Father says the same thing. 
I'm coming down. Coming down to dwell with my people right there. Right in the midst of the city, I'm going to be with my people. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Oh, what love the Father has bestowed upon us. He loves us so much that we should be called the children of God. Satan, after a thousand years, expired. Lest anyone should be scared. He, he's, got, he's out. This uh, mass murder, he's out. Watch out. Yes, he has great fury. But watch what God's going to do. His time is up. With the hope of all that God said, John the Apostle wrote, for the persecuted church of the first century and all the centuries following God has the entire drama in his hands. He unfolds history according to his plan. Nobody can thwart it. He will wrap up history in time in a grand finale. Utterly destroying Satan effortlessly putting an end to him. God has a time. Hallelujah. We have to be mindful that we are trusting in his word, in his promises, that we will not defect from the faith, we will not run after anything that the devil offers. He's the lethal candy man, with a trench coat full of poison and any flavor that people like. We get angry against the enemy, despise what he has to offer, Stay loyal to the Lord our God. And we will make it. We will reign. We will rule with our Lord Jesus Christ. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. He can't come. Even a moment before, God says, God is in total control. Hallelujah. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog, to gather them together, to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and come past the camp of the saints about in the beloved city. They thought they had them. Notice the next verse. Again, it's very profound because all of this pomp and stance and all of this going up and down furiously, gathering people, rallying rebels, to do what? Try to destroy God's people and overthrow God? The deceiver is deceived himself. And he's baited right to his destruction. All verse 10 says is that it's over for him. The entire drama of the devil is wrapped up in this one verse. And the devil that deceived them this leader was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's it. And God continues the program. Devil's out of the way. Uh, he has to meet out judgment for who? People who refuse to receive his love. Praise God we're not among that group. But we need to read it so we have a passion to warn our people, to love on them by telling them the whole truth and nothing but the truth and praying for them they would live. 
And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. It's literal. This is literal. God is about to meet out final judgment to rebels. The indignation is so full that the earth and the heaven just flee from his presence. There was found no place for them. They couldn't stand his presence. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Nobody can escape. They can't run and hide anywhere. They'll be summoned and dragged against their will to face him who sits upon the throne. What a horror. And the books were open. What books? Among them, the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. There's no mystery here. Whatever we do in this life is recorded. And God will judge us according to what we did because our faith in him is proven by our actions. As it says in the book of James, one man will say, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith with my works. The faith without works is a dead faith. It's not real. If I say I believe in God, I must walk holy. I must walk humbly, honestly, and full of God's love. It's according to the works. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus, but I still will be judged according to my works. Because if I'm saved by the blood of Jesus and I place my complete faith in his death on the cross for me, my life will be different. My works will follow his works. That's genuine salvation. There's no mystery here. But the devil will inject his lies, bring false gospel, to make people, people feel like, well, I don't know. God doesn't judge me based on what I do. It's not about my performance. It's about what he did on the cross. How clever, how clever a lie from the devil. Using key words like performance and pitted against the grace of God. They all go together. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. In other words, the holding place, hell, They let everybody out. Why? They can't hold them anymore because God's time is come. Everybody's going to go to one of two places. Ultimately, it's not hell. Ultimately, they're going to go either to the new Jerusalem to live in the presence of God or to the lake of fire that burns with brimstone where the smoke ascends forever and ever. See that in the end of Isaiah 2. Isaiah 66. And they were judged every man according to their works. Again, you see that within two verses, twice is mentioned. God is mentioning that very emphatically. Somebody says, well, that's for the unbeliever. They're being judged to give their justice. Give them justice for what they've done wrong. God is bringing everything out so they know. 
But the apostle also says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Although it's the beam seat of Christ still. Every believer will be judged for what we do since we got saved. And there is a possibility that a person who's saved, who is formerly on the way to the judgment seat of Christ, the beam seat of Christ, can get on another track where they go to the white throne judgment. And that's why the Bible warns in Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10, Hebrews 2, Hebrews 3, Corinthians 6, Ephesians 5, Galatians 5, Matthew 24, Matthew 25, all over the Bible. Revelation 3, make sure your name is not blotted out of the book of life. Make sure that you continue following Jesus to the end. Because Jesus said, the one that endures to the very end, the same shall be saved. Verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. What is the definition of the second death? The lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The victory message for believers is you hold fast to the word of God. You understand what's at stake. Your eternity is at stake. Serve God with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Read that in Philippians. To believers, he says, how should you live carefree? Doing whatever you feel like? No. Make sure you work out your salvation, what God has provided with fear. The word phobos in the Greek, it means fear. It's a reverential fear, but nonetheless fear. Where we get the word phobia, except in this case, it's a volitional act on our part to say, I will fear the living God, reverence him with such awe that every word he speaks is what I obey, period. Nothing else. That's the fear of God. Work out your salvation. The grace that you received, if you didn't receive it in vain, then work it out with fear and trembling. Which means, I will be obedient to God, but within that, there's a tremendous love that is the motivating factor. The fear of God and the love of God is one and the same thing, actually. Ultimately. Because Jesus said, if you fear Him, you will keep His commandments. To fear the Lord is to keep His commandments. To love Him is to keep His commandments. And I saw a new heaven, and here's the victory. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. This is where we're headed, beloved. Every believer, regardless of our skin color, ethnicity, social status, no matter who we are, every true believer has the same blood type. Jesus' blood. His blood has come into us. His DNA has come into us. We've been born again. We have the DNA of God. As such, we're headed for His house. Hallelujah. His mansion.
we must have this in sharp focus focus because if we don't we can get distracted and languish and become downcast and wish we can bail out of this the lord says hold fast in your patience possess ye your souls god's going to bring it to an end all the stuff that you're going through that's against you from the enemy he's going to put the enemy to shame and throw him into the lake of fire he's going to wrap it all up and for you inexpressible unspeakable joy absolute glory with our father through the lord jesus christ and as john saw the holy city revelation 21:2 new jerusalem coming down from god out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband hallelujah hallelujah we just heard that it's a bride adorned for her husband we have a great day coming through our lord jesus christ and i heard a great voice out of heaven say great voice loud behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and it's just so beautiful of the lord god notice what he says after this god himself shall be with them and be their god look at the next thing it doesn't say he's going to distribute scepters you know to rule and he's going to do this it says and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes he knows the pain he knows the trial and he says i'm going to personally wipe away all your tears it's going to be over and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said behold i make all things new and he said unto me right for these words are faithful true and faithful and he said unto me it is done i am alpha and omega the beginning and the end i will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely who's thirsty for god he's someone to give the water of life freely notice the condition he that overcometh shall inherit all things and i will be his god and he shall be my son you see in corinthians he says come out my people from among them come out from the unclean thing don't touch it then i will be your god you'll be my sons and daughters there's a condition if god is going to be our god for all eternity we have to overcome all that's against him and against his holy commandments as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god what does the spirit lead us into holiness humility honesty and love that means everything opposite of that is not being led by the spirit which means we're following another spirit which means we're not following god which means we can't be with god the bible over and over emphasizes this 
but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers, immoral people, and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither. You have the seven seals, seven trumpets, seven plagues. After all is said and done, the angel that dispensed one of these plagues said it's all over. The judgment is executed. Now it's time for celebration. All the children of God, come hither. I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit. John was carried away in the spirit. He was on the Isle of Patmos, but he was carried away in the spirit, like Ezekiel, to a great and high mountain. And showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And then the description goes on with beautiful stones and gold, pure gold like clear glass, emerald and chalcedony and sardis, chrysolite, beryl, topaz. God's just pouring out lavishly everything into the place where we're going to dwell. Isn't God so wonderful? We're going to see Him. We're going to see His face, the Bible says. We're going to live with Him forever and ever. No need for sun or moon there. God is going to be the light right there. God is going to be the temple. Verse 22, And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. Why? For there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. But they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And at the very end of the very last chapter of the Bible, the very last chapter of the New Testament, the very last chapter of the book of Revelation, Revelation 22 and 12 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. We can't afford to be bitter. We cannot afford for a moment to be unforgiving. We cannot afford a moment to hold grudges. It's dangerous. Because God records everything. And He will play back for us. We have to say, Lord, I'm going to work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Make sure I'm doing the right thing. And it becomes what? Not burdensome at all. When we practice the truth, it becomes a delight. I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth to make it a lie. 
I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. To the people of God, I am the root and the offspring of David. And the bright and morning star. We just sang that song. God's Spirit has brought this. He's brought this this morning, this message. To go with the prayer God gave Pastor Kruv unplanned. By the Spirit of God into the songs and the statements. That we may have hope in our God. That we are on the victorious side. He will put an end to all oppression, affliction, and trials. Glory be to God. And the spirit of the bride say, come. And let him hear, that hear it say, come. And let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take God's gracious offer that we just heard about, the water of life freely. And then the caution is there of those who would add or take away from the words of the prophecy of this book. There be plagues to those who add to God's word. The name will be taken out of the book of life of those who take away the words of the prophecy of God's book. He which testified these things saith, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. With all the warnings, with all the drama that's going to happen, the very last verse of the Bible, God's message to us is grace to you, my divine favor, my divine power imparted to you. Jesus says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace that comes from him, is to be with you all. Amen. God has great things for us. Let's endure, encourage one another as we see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but looking forward to it. Desiring God's presence. Encouraging one another to keep true to the Lord. So we can inherit all things together. Am I my brother's keeper? God says yes. How do we perform that function, vital function in the body of Christ? Out of love, sincere love, unfeigned love, unpretentious love, fervent love, praying for one another. Oh Lord, my brothers and sisters must make it along with me. Help them to overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. And encourage as we walk in a holy way, holy life. We can speak words that God will give to encourage others to do what? Walk in humble obedience to the living Christ and as we gather together the spirit of God will be extremely active do mighty signs and wonders glory be to God shall we pray thank you thank you thank you Lord the Alpha and the Omega oh my God thank you thank you Lord Abba Father oh Lord Father your history that you have programmed Father you planned every word of God is pure your plans and purposes are perfect. Abba Father, I thank you, Lord, for drawing us to your presence. Lord, to show us that all that we face, all the pain, the tears will be taken care of by you. Your tender-hearted Lord, Almighty God, our Father, 
I thank you, Lord, for giving relief for your people this morning. Oh, Father, giving, Lord, rest for your people, the comfort of your word, oh, God. That, Lord, the afflictions will soon be past, oh, God, no matter how long they appear, no matter how much the pain, it will come to end, to an end. Your glory will fall upon us, even on this side of eternity. For greater works in the kingdom of our God. And then, eternal glory with you, O Lord, to rule and reign with you forever and ever. In the city that will be shining with pure gold, precious stones, with the presence of Almighty God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people, Lord, this day. Thank you for healing Esther, healing Stanley, healing Cynthia, healing Clarissa, healing Jeff, Jenny, healing Jenny, Lord, healing anyone, Lord, who has any affliction. Abba, Father, oh, my Father, I don't know, Lord, how Esther's doing, but I trust she's doing better. She's in another room, Lord. I'm trusting you, the Lord, he will take away the pain and help her to sleep. I don't know how Stanley's doing, Lord, but I trust you. Relieve him of all his afflictions, Lord. Severe affliction that he's been facing. And Clarissa, thank you, Lord, that Cynthia is doing much better by your grace. Pray for perfect healing, Lord. Thank you for helping Ginny, Jeff, and Jenny be on the call, Lord. Bless them. Heal them. Lorraine, Lord, have mercy upon her, Lord. Healer, others, Lord. Heal them, O oh God. Show them, Lord, a foretaste of your glory by your power in their body, O oh my God. Turn everything around, Lord, for your glory. For our good, in Jesus' name I thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. If the Lord has spoken to you, you can go ahead and pray.